Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series, Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to the Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. This week's guest, uh, she is a writer for Sci-Fi Wire, Screen Rant, The Illuminati, uh, host of the Fresh Podcast of LA. It's Migdalia Melendez. Welcome to the show, Migdalia. Hi, Brennan. How are you doing? I am doing great. How are you? I'm good. Just surviving and trolling. Tw- well, not trolling Twitter, but you know how it is. Doom scrolling and <laughs> a little less fun. Yeah. 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 Just um, I'm wrapping up a gig right now. I'm a challenge producer. Also, you know, my CV and all <laughs> on a, a Twitch show called Chasing the Crown. So I'm wrapping on that this week. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Love the work. Oh, yeah. And you clear you do it. So yes, I do do the work. <laughs> you get it done. Yes. Um, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about the Fresh Podcast of LA? Yeah. So that was born out of the pandemic. Or should I say like it, it came to fruition because I did have this idea like last year, every time I would go out drinking, I'm like, I always have this thing about Will Smith. I'm like, nobody appreciates Will Smith. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like he 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 really defined um, the entertainment industry in my generation. You know, the '90s was all about Will Smith and the summer blockbusters and July Fourth weekend. And now I just don't think like the 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 newer generation knows much about him, or we don't like we don't go back to his filmography and the stuff that he makes now. It's kind of like it's not really appreciated because people are like Will Smith is just playing Will Smith, and that's what people mm-hmm. like to say about the stars that are back in our time, like. Like, it's just Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise. And it's like, what does that even mean, <laughs> really? Uh, you're saying they're playing the same character? They typecast or whatever? But anyway, I was like, I was also disappointed because The Fresh Prince wasn't on a streaming service. It's been years and years and years. And I was like, nobody's doing it. I went on Apple Podcasts and nobody was covering the show or his filmography. So I was like, let me just start it. And that's what happened. I started that in April of this year. And it's been going very, very well. And... If, uh, if I recall correctly, you are um, going through the show, Fresh Prince, and then mm-hmm. also watching his movies, like, kind of chronologically as they Yes, as it premiere, comes across right? in the show. Yes, correct, correct. So I think uh, his first film in the series was, um, damn it, oh, just, it was in my head. Um, oh, my God, it was such a small role. I forgot. <laughs> it was literally at the tip of my tongue. Hold on, I'm going to IMDb it real quick. Sure, sure. Uh, it was literally like a bit part. He was playing this um con man almost. Um, let's see, Will Smith. And so you watched the whole thing though. The movie. Yeah, or do you just I... like watch his scene? No, no, no. I did. I did watch the whole thing because it's an interesting film, and it had a couple of other actors that I liked in it. Let me see. We are hitting nineteen ninety two. Not six. Oh, it was six degrees of separation. Okay, I thought I was thinking of something else. Yeah, that's what that's what was in my head. It had Stalker Channing in it. Ooh, um, okay. Donald Sutherland, yeah, and Ian McKellen. So it was a, it was a very good film. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall's in it, Heather Graham, Anthony Rapp. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, so that's the first film that we come across. The skies were dark because all the stars were in Six Degrees of Separation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? It's like the Kevin Bacon game. So oh, yeah, yeah, we should be covering that um, pretty, pretty soon. I think around season two, we are in uh, the middle of season one right now. Well, I, I can't wait for everybody to hear that. It, you are right that Will Smith, you know, for, for being such a global phenomenon that he was, you know, mm-hmm. even 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, 
he's not getting the respect that he deserves right now and i'm glad you're the one to do it Thank you. <laughs> Me too. Oh, also, my ultimate goal is to meet Will Smith one day. I feel like I'm always like that close. You know, if we want to talk about six degrees of separation, I feel like I'm always one degree away from Will Smith. Ooh. And it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be what pushes it over the edge. Exactly. He's going to be like, oh my God, because he did that song, A Nightmare on My Street. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so he here did. we go. So here we go. <laughs> oh, degree. I could do a whole podcast about that song. <laughs> Oh my God, that's a that's a favorite of mine. <laughs> oh, it's such a blast. the The intersection between horror and hip hop at that time period was such a mysterious and wonderful thing, wasn't it? Oh my, my goodness gracious! It was almost like that the Aerosmith run DMC. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, um, if you ever do an episode just about that song. I'm available. I will. I will. Thank you. I will call you up. Cause I'm like, I need somebody to talk about his disco uh, discography now. I think that's how you pronounce it. Cause you know, I've listened to, to some of his, of course, everything in the nineties, but I've never really listened to hip hop nineties. Will like before he was even on the show, I'm, I'm kind of like, not that kind of a music person. Like, you have mm. to be a specific kind of artist for me to listen to your entire album. <laughs> that's totally fair you know but will smith is will smith and i think i think he you'll is. get something out of it he is yeah that's true I, that should be a new experiment me just going through because i think there's even a couple films i still haven't seen i haven't seen after earth i haven't seen gemini man yet because i'm not going to see any of his films until they cross my path in this podcast now but I, i've never even seen that for the first time either of those films Okay, so you really got to blast through it if he has like a, a big project coming out and well, when, whenever movies come back. Yeah, exactly, right? I think we got two years for that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Actually, you're probably fine. This is a good way to do it. Good. <laughs> um, but anyway, we have gathered here today um, mm -hmm. <laughs> for some reason. And that reason is to discuss Freddy's Nightmares Season 2, Episode 19, A Family Affair. The original air date was February 18th, 1990. Um, here's what you could have watched instead in theaters that weekend. Almost nothing, but there's a movie called Courage Mountain that is a sequel to the novel Heidi, which I had not what? heard of. <laughs> Courage Mountain, who was in that? Yeah, like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> 1990 is a mysterious cesspool in the winter, and this is what we got this week. Oh my gosh, Charlie Sheen, and is that Glenn Close? Who is that? No. That's somebody else, Catherine Ludlow. <laughs> that's that's a that's an actress. I'm I'm looking at the one she kind of looked like um uh Top Gun for a minute there from far away. Oh, if only, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It is a sequel to a novel, which it must be. I can't be the first movie to do that, but certainly an unusual aspect. Yeah, God, um, Heidi. <laughs> yeah, and that's just that movie's just doing that thing that it's doing. Well, um, I probably would have watched this before I watched that. <laughs> That's probably fair. So would I. <laughs> yeah, the, the writer this week is David Braff. Um, he's done a bunch of these. We've talked about him. Um, the director is Keith Samples, who is, you know, known across the world as the director of Single White Female 2, The Psycho. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, a catch. Um, okay, and so here's a little bit of the cast that we are looking at. Well, first of all, um, one kind of fun surprise for me was as the nurse Isabel, we have Gina Gallego, who was Mrs. Hernandez and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, most importantly, as Jason, 
we have an extremely, extremely he yes. is baby, Morris Chestnut. <laughs> yes. I feel so bad because that guy was recognizable. And I'm going to do this thing that, oh my God, this is totally bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. I thought it was D.B. Woods for like, <laughs> I was like, is that D.B.? No. Like, and I was trying to wait for his name to come out in the, the, the opening credits and it just wouldn't. And I was like, he's so familiar. I don't want to say it's D.B. Woods, but I think it is. It's somebody. I know it's somebody. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he has the, the charisma that you know he's somebody. Yes. But. He does not look like the Morris Chestnut we know and love. Of no, he's aged like fine wine. I mean, he oh, was yes. so good looking there, there, and I think he was actually the best actor in this show. So it made oh, for sense sure. <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, I think at this age he was good looking in like a kind of general way, where it's like, oh, you're handsome, and then mm -hmm. he became Morris Chestnut good looking, yes. and that's such a different ballpark. <laughs> This was his very first credit, and then he did Boys in the Hood. What a what a twofer! Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "Let's get that guy for Boys in the Hood." Yeah, that yeah. You, so you, you think they were just sitting down with Freddy's Nightmares, and you're like, "You know what? Let's go I, for it." Yeah, let's just pluck him out right there. I mean, there was only a handful of actors you could get for films like that back then. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, fair enough. I mean, you look, know. being a black actor in the '80s. Mm -hmm. I'm sure was such a fun time for everyone. Yeah, right? Just a blast. <laughs> and I have a couple of comments on that one for the next episode we do. Ooh, well, we'll, we'll get to that one. Yes, we will. Um, okay, but first, um, yes, fade in. Um, <laughs> basically, Jason is Morris Chestnut. I was afraid he wasn't going to be in the episode as much because he's mm -hmm. the son of the main character of this first right. half. Um, and he's... He's in the episode a fair amount, but he's still like a B character. Mm -hmm. um, but he is the son of this man. He's been accepted to North Carolina with a full athletic scholarship. And basically, the father is overjoyed, first of all, because, you know, kind of his his failed sports dreams are living on in his son. But also, <laughs> the second his son moves out of his house, he's going to get a divorce and go <laughs> and you know, live with his white mistress, essentially. This, this was so ridiculous. Wasn't it? No, wasn't it Northwestern? Like, was I it? thought it was an Ivy League school because and then when he said, like, we'll get to him. When he said he was going to stay in Springdale, like, shut the front door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I just wanted to be with you guys. It's like, no, no teenage boy would want never, this. Never, never, not no, like, athletic, come on, superstar. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, thank you. And look, the reason you go for a scholarship is to get out of the town that you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like he didn't have a full ride to the other one. Like he had full rides to both schools. So I was like, what's the obvious choice here, guy? Come on. Oh, and you know, it, it does not pay off for him. It does um, not. But yeah, let's go back. Sorry, I jumped ahead. Oh, <laughs> let's go no back. No worries. <laughs> um, this episode actually randomly and very pleasingly is the first. And last episode of this series to have like an actual like black family in it and multiple mm -hmm. black people speaking to each other. So that was wow, really, really? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um that was a fun surprise. There you go. Yeah. I mean I wouldn't say they're totally developed, but this is that kind of show where I don't think anybody's totally developed. <laughs> oh yeah, lit literally no one. That that at least is even across the board. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yes, so yeah, he wants to, you know, go with his mistress. 
Um, Freddy shows up in his liminal space. He's on the phone. Um, he's like, naughty, naughty. It's not nice to fool around. He's like, better cut it off right now or I will. And he slices the phone cord. <laughs> Ta-da. Jokes. Yes. It's, it, it happens. Um, uh, I got total Tales from the Crypt vibes from this. Because I, I, I vaguely heard about this series. But I was like, I didn't, I didn't like put two and two together until you emailed me. I was like, wait a minute, this is real. <laughs> I've never seen an episode of this show before, but That's... I vaguely remember hearing about it. You were probably living a better life before I brought this <laughs> into your life. Um, so th again, as always, thank you so much for watching this. Yeah. Um, Listen, also... I did watch Tales from the Crypt, so it wasn't that far off in the cheesiness of it all. But I was like, this is kind of like a ripple. <laughs> yeah, no, they, it's it's very much in that vein. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so so we're back. We're back. Um, the dad, whose name I did not write down, so that's on me the... either. No, I don't know if they ever said his name until uh, somebody didn't. said his first. Until somebody was like Mister Woodman. That's like first time I caught it was halfway through. Yeah, because yeah, because I mean, obviously, we all know Jason Woodman as portrayed by Morris Chestnut, but his yeah. dad is just Jason's dad. <laughs> Yes. Um, but at, he is at his mistress's apartment, and just like straight people do, they are fooling, fooling around their heads and entire bodies <laughs> underneath a southwestern blanket. I know, it's so cheesy in that we're not really touching each other, we're actors kind of way, and nobody oh, yeah. ever moves. <laughs> and they are giggling up a storm under there. I know, come on. You know, it's hot up in there and uncomfortable. Nobody's doing that. Oh, yeah. I just didn't get it. I didn't get the chemistry, none of it. Yeah, and then as soon as they're done having sex is when they emerge from the blanket. <laughs> usually, <laughs> I mean, you know, not not to give away too much information about my private life, but Here usually it's the other way around as far as I understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's TV sex. Come on. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, look, I'm waiting for Jason to leave. As long as we're under the same roof, I won't break up my family. Um, so basically, yeah, this is the part that you kind of teased earlier where Jason decides instead of going to that other college, not in Springwood, he's like, I'm going to go to Springwood you and stay here and live with you guys. And we could be a happy family forever. I was like dying. Like all children <laughs> want. I was like, this is such a, like, come on. This is the best excuse you could have came up with. Like his mom could have been sick or something, or you could have gave him another reason or not given him the full ride to the other college. Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, from a writing standpoint, there's better motivations than this super cheesy, happy family that does not exist. Exactly. I'm not buying it. We haven't had it. We weren't with you guys that long. It's been five minutes. Yeah, like, he might be wearing those Cliff Huxtable sweaters, but I, I, I still am not <laughs> following this. Um, but yeah, so Claire, the mistress, she leaves a message confessing, you know, like, oh, he's cheating on you with me. Um, mm -hmm. And he deletes the message, goes over to, you know, break things off with her. And, you know, she's like, I'm prepared to do whatever it takes to keep you. Um, and why? She... <laughs> yeah, because, like, he's just, he's just, just a middle-aged man. Yeah, who needs to get his eyebrows, like, groomed. So I don't <laughs> get it. Like, does he shower her with gifts? I mean, this is the emptiness part that I'm not, you know if we're talking about developing characters, I don't get any motivations here. Why is he, why is she so into him? <laughs> yeah, it, it is a mystery. Cause look, M Morris Chestnut at that age. Yes. There you um, go. 
this man at this age, he's just he's just a guy. He's just a he's just a guy. He's like, a, a lawyer, right? Yeah, he's a lawyer and big deal. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure he's real nice and I'm sure he's a real good sex person, but I don't think, you know, you know, we're we're succumbing to the sex madness from this. No, no. Um, but he does have a dream that Claire runs over Jason with her car and breaks his leg and prevents him from getting his scholarship. But it is but a dream. Um, so basically, she did what did happen in real life is that she followed Jason in her car all the way home from school, asking if he wanted to go for a ride, which is terrifying. Did I miss that part? Okay, I might have missed that part. We don't see it, but it gets mentioned. Okay. Um, Helen, the wife, mentions it, I think. Got it. Um, yeah, there's another dream about Claire, you know, single white femaleing up the place. Actually, oh, it makes sense that this director did do a single white female movie because that's exactly what he's doing in this episode. I didn't yeah. even make that connection. <laughs> he said to get the motivations, just watch that film. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he hires, cause, oh, okay, because this dad is a lawyer. He hires a former client to basically like pull a hit on Claire. Um, and this is on the night of one of the most important games of Jason's life, but the dad's missing it because he needs to make sure the hit went properly. Mm-hmm. Um, he does go to the apartment and finds his friend, um, dead under the Southwestern blanket of sex. <laughs> probably not washed. Ew, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Before or after. No. Um, but yeah, so Springwood High lost the game, but Jason's still chipper because he's a beautiful angel. Oh, he is. <laughs> um, Claire is playing solitaire downstairs. She's like, I'm here to tell your wife. It's another dream. Who cares? Um, oh my gosh. Running theme. This was, I'm sorry. This, I, by the third time this happened, I was like, okay, I, I get it. I, I guess this is a running theme in the show because Freddy and Freddy nightmares. I'm like, no. I mean, yeah, but like, <laughs> if, if Freddy's not a character in your episode, I don't need a nightmare. No, no. and multiple ones in the, in the same episode. I forget. There's a there's a film term for that. I forgot what it's called, but it's like faking faking out the audience, and it's like okay, one time, fine. Twice, no. Three times, you're definitely being obnoxious. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cheap and it's annoying. And look, I know you were tired of it by the end of this episode. Imagine watching yeah. forty four of these. <laughs> And you're like, oh my god, no, that didn't just happen. Because the stuff in the dream is usually more interesting than stuff that really happens. Absolutely. Which is the crazy part. Like, I wish the wife would have shot her or him. And then what? Yeah, what exactly. Like, then? let's go from there. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, they keep making these fun, wild decisions and then just walking back from them. Or run him over. And that's another reason for him to stay in town, you know, run way... him over with the car. <laughs> yeah, that's a way more dramatically compelling reason. And it's a, a a compelling reason for him to actually hire the hitman if that actually happened. But his crazy dream, like, why is why suddenly he's afraid for his son's life? Or she didn't come out, come across that way, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, she <clears throat> didn't actually run him over, but I'm still going to murder her because yes. I had a dream. <laughs> that's like it's dumb. Have have you ever like dated or been friends with someone who like you did something bad to them in a dream that they had and they get mad at you in real life about it? No. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe just me. Has that happened to you? That has happened to me. Really? Um, I have been asked to and refused to apologize for something I did in somebody's dream. 
Oh no! Yo, that person's crazy. Is it, are they still in your life? <laughs> um, not really. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Smart. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, but that—that's what this uh this this dude's kind of vibe is. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, he, he wakes up from this nightmare. His wife goes down to make him some warm milk, which is the most disgusting drink in the world. Oh, thank you for saying that. That's <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe that was a thing. More kids. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't get why people. First of all, um, look, I have a tiny bladder, so drinking anything is not the key to get me to go to sleep. <laughs> but especially something as disgusting as that, and then you have to clean up the pan because mm-hmm. milk scums and it's disgusting. Yeah. So that's extra work for you. Yes. But anyway, so she doesn't actually have to make the milk. Thank God, because she gets mm-hmm. murdered with a meat cleaver. <laughs> That was crazy. I was like, finally, a little bit of a payoff here. Yeah, something's actually happening. Mm-hmm. With some very squishy Foley sound effects. It was very gross. It was. It was super gross. And then the next scene, too. <clears throat> oh, oh yeah, because he goes, he gets into a fight with Claire, and mm-hmm. there's these, like, coat hooks, and the back of her skull gets, like, squished onto one of them. Yeah, which... There had to be so much force put into that. I was like, oof, this thing is getting wild. <laughs> and then Jason walks in. I was like, oh, shit, this dude needs therapy. Oh, yeah, and he gives the weirdest cry. The one moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, Morris Chestnut was still learning certain things. <laughs> <laughs> he was, but I kind of I kind of felt a little bit of his anguish, you know. Oh, of it, course. It was just out of place because of the, the caliber of acting you, you're getting here, you know. And that's why he seems so out of place with that whole scene because like you're doing too much because nobody else is putting in that effort <laughs> yeah and we're we're so confused by what's even happening or if it's a dream anyway right that it, it's hard to you know feel the same way that he does in that moment right it, it went on for too long for sure yeah it, it really did um but then freddie does cut it and he's like oh don't worry about that kid he's gonna be all right <laughs> my old lady died when i was a kid too and i turned out just fine <laughs> Oh man, that and that's Freddy. that. That is a little more crypt keepery than what we're usually getting from Freddy in the show. So I'll, I'll okay, it. okay, yeah, because that kind of stuff where it's like playful and macabre is fun, but mm-hmm. sometimes he just says random jokes that are barely puns, and you're like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, and that's what they really turned like Freddy into in the in the film series. So that's why I was like, I wasn't thrown off by this because I was like, this is how he eventually turned out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and then, okay, so Migdalia, you've only watched two of these episodes. So mm-hmm. generally the way that these episodes go is that the first half is about one story and the second half is about a completely different story. Oh, this makes sense now. Which I is have at least why... criticisms. <laughs> yeah, which is why the, the tone and the kind of plot swings so much. But mm-hmm. I was really, really gratified that we were continuing on with this family and not just swapping over to some white family again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so it changes completely sometimes. Oh, yeah. So it's almost so, like, okay. Like, it'll usually involve a side character from the first story, but it's Got it. it can be completely different sometimes. That's, sometimes interest, that's yeah. an interesting concept. It is. It's been kind of wild. It's been very inconsistently played out across the show. Yeah. Yeah, because the one, the one criticism I have is that this is way too long for what it is. Like, this Absolutely. shouldn't be a 45-minute episode. It could have ended here, and I'd would have been fine i probably would have liked it way better um 
Yeah. yeah. Especially because, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. The second half is mm-hmm. definitely weaker, and it's not like the first half was incredibly strong. Yes. Um, but anyway, oh, I have the dad's name written down. It randomly buried this deep in my notes. His name is Paul. Paul! I did not hear that not one time. <laughs> no, I, I heard a Mr. Woodman, and that's it. Yeah, I, I guess it, I guess I, you know, telepathically received it through this show because it, it's here. <laughs> Maybe I just mis- misheard some other line. Um, but whatever his name is, he has a heart attack. Um, Mrs. Hernandez from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is his nurse, checking his blood pressure. Um, we find out from their conversation that Jason's coming Wait, home Wait, I'm sorry. Can Carrie and... stop? Yeah. Because that was the funniest thing. I laughed when he picked up the phone and was like, heart attack. <laughs> I was like, come on. Look, the writing of the show is just on a level that we can't understand sometimes. We can't. Like, have, people don't know when they're having a heart attack half the time. They think they need to just take a freaking Tums, and that's the end of it. But he just knew automatically. It, it was just, it was completely fun. I love this because oh, of yeah. how much I laughed. <laughs> and yeah, he's a lawyer, not a doctor. So this exactly. is not necessarily something he would have be familiar with. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh. I just thought that was very funny for people who need to check out this episode. Oh yeah, no, it, it, it's it's one moment that does make sitting through any of this worth it. <laughs> um, yeah, Jason is coming to take care of his dad in his convalescence. Mm-hmm. It's been two years since they've seen each other. Um, Freddie's playing basketball. Um, he's like, Kruger gets the rebound, slam dunk. Jason used to be a hell of a basketball player. Let's see if he's still got the touch. And then he, Freddie has his prop that is part severed head, part basketball in a way that's all confusing. Yeah. I'm like, is that supposed to be a character in this episode? I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's a mannequin certainly head. certainly not. I'd, look, I really don't know. <laughs> what, what I do know is that Jason comes in with a giant rucksack like he's returning home from the army. Yeah. This. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, this whole thing. No. Go ahead. <laughs> um, well, okay, what whole thing, generally? The Jason storyline. Oh, it, it, yeah. No. It just took a, a sharp left turn for no reason. Yeah, it, it's a very, like, 80s after-school special in a really haphazard way. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, yeah, basically, he's here to take care of his dad. His dad sees that he has track marks on his arm because since his mom died, he's been addicted to heroin and living out on the streets. Why? Yeah. How? <laughs> Where's his dad? <laughs> yeah, because it, it Where's anybody? Much, it very much, like, the way that the story begins is as if they called him home from college, but it's like, mm-hmm. no, he just, I guess, was calling from a payphone from capital T, capital S, the streets. I guess so. Yeah, I thought that's what was happening, too. Like, it was spring break or summer break or some kind of break, and then you found out he, like, didn't go back to school at all. Okay. Yep, it's just two years of him just being a heroin dude. <laughs> womp womp. You were doing so fine, writers, and then you went that direction. <laughs> I know. It's, 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 you know. They're like, well, we finally got some, like, adequate black representation. Let's fuck it right up in about 22 yes. minutes. He's a drug addict. <laughs> Ta-da! Oh, goodness gracious. Um, But yeah, so it's a whole bunch of, like, 
really silly family drama about the dad being like, it's my fault you were on drugs. I'm a cheater. I used to bribe judges. I cheat at cards. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Um, then they go through the whole thing with how he cheats at cards, which you don't really kind of realize it's Chekhov's gun at first because everything's so out of place anyway. <laughs> That's yeah. what it turns out to be. But, like, yeah, you. I guess you need the run-through of what he does in order for you to recognize that he's doing it later. But also, mm-hmm. it's so... It's such a bad way to cheat. Yeah. Because, like, like, yeah, as a person to the left of you not seeing what you're doing, I watch people when they shuffle cards. I don't know what all that's about. Yeah, he must he's do like, it way quicker. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I when I take one card, I look at the bottom of the other card and the bottom of the... De- he's looking at the bottom yes. of everything. He's, yeah, the bottom of the deck, and then the bottom of the top card, and then the bottom of the card after the top card. <laughs> I'm like, this this man is working on a, like, flash level time frame. Like, I don't know how <laughs> quick his movements are, but people should be knowing that he's cheating. Exactly. <laughs> he ain't slick. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And it's a really long explanation for this really stupid thing that it he's is. doing. And the whole ghost mom thing, too. We missed that. That happened oh, yeah. earlier. He has so. a dream about his ghost mom, and he's like, I'm this way because you died. And she's like, you'll never see me again. <laughs> um, but somehow being back with his terrible dad makes him want to play basketball again. And he's like, oh, it'll be God. one of the greatest comebacks of all time. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm sober now. I don't do that anymore. I just carry this thing around, though. Like, I've, been, yeah. I've been in rehab for six months. Like, how, why, when, huh, huh? <laughs> you were just about to shoot up. Yeah, he, yeah, literally, he unrolled one of those whole, like, doctor kit things that drug addicts in movies always have. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, my God. But anyway, screw all that family drama. Here's what the plot's really about. A weird thing where he has another heart attack and Claire is deaf now? Oh my god. Um, so she's like, walks into the room and she's like, I'm a representative of hell, I guess. And she apparently has been deputized with all the powers of death um, themselves. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you'll be dead as soon as you step out that door. And there is a funny line where he's asking questions and she's like, we'll go over all the rules and regulations in your orientation session, which is very <laughs> the good place. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, the thing that weirded him out is that she has a birthmark that she had removed in life, but it's still there. And she's like, where we're going, you can't hide any blemishes, which is weird. <laughs> It is weird, and the other weird thing about this was, like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't look up the actor's name, but anyway, uh, Paul Woodman over here, the acting, mm-hmm. you kind of thought he was plotting something, like he was going to do something, just the, with his intonations, it turned out to be a bunch of nothing. It's like, sure, let me just get a glass of water, do you want anything? Like, why is he acting like that now? Yeah. After and he then tried he, to kill her. Yeah, and then he her. just gets a glass of water. Yeah, I was like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do back there? Nothing. No. And then they agree to play cards. And if he wins, he gets to spend another year. But she's like, I'll give you a week. And, of course, he cheats using his really stupid system. So it makes sense that, <laughs> spoiler alert, she saw right through him. Mm-hmm. Um, he does win the game. She's like, fine, you'll get another week. But then uh, you hear Jason scream, help, from upstairs. Another... All of his ending moments oh are 
his weaker moments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Hell, what the hell happened to you? Did you get choked out? Did you OD? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, maybe it just runs in the family, like having really improper reactions to having a heart attack. <laughs> Is that what you think happened? I mean, that's what can happen when you OD. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he just he 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 died of death because Claire's like, I had to take somebody. Yes. And it's not super clear exactly what happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like you cheat at cards, but you can't cheat death. Final destination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Honestly, the audio was so bad, I didn't really catch what Freddie was saying at the end, so I didn't write it down. <laughs> Me either. I can't. Did I write it down? No. I usually, uh, yeah, I didn't write down anything Freddie said because I was like, shut up. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're largely irrelevant. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. So. And I didn't look this up because I kind of wanted to go into this fresh. Is that Robert England or no? That is Robert England. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I know he's like the, the that type of guy that still likes to do Freddy. So I was like, I think that's him. The make is just worse for the show. Oh yeah. <coughs> no, excuse me. <clears throat> no worries. But yeah. Most of those interstitials they filmed in like two days on some shitty backlot somewhere. <clears throat> And sometimes I'm convinced instead of putting him in the makeup, they just shined it's an orange light on his actual face. Oh, <laughs> stop it. I thought you were going to say like a mask. No, <laughs> Halloween mask. no, just a, <clears throat> just a scrim on a light. I'm pretty sure. Stop it. Oh, my God. Come on, y'all. <laughs> it is that's weak. That's true. Yeah. But okay, so overall, for this episode, mm-hmm. what are your final thoughts? Was it a dream? Was it a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep? Well, it didn't put me to sleep. Because it was very entertaining. Like, listen, I'm not going to front. I watch cheesy shit all the time. One of my mm-hmm. favorite movies is Face Off. I watch Tales from the Crypt. I watch Lifetime movies. So that was kind of in this vein. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I did like the first half more than the second half. This, I did like the whole thing about her being deaf and, and that was his comeuppance was because he cheated. He got cheated out of being with his son and, you know, cheated his son's life. I just felt like that it was three different stories in this one episode and, and none of them were cohesive enough. Yeah, it was very um, erratic. It was very erratic, but I felt like the first part of this was a lot more tension filled and the second part was just cartoony and didn't make any sense and was like a PSA. Um, I think if they would have maybe did the whole Jason bit different, uh, the second half could have been stronger than the first half. But they they flubbed it up <laughs> with all of that. Very true. But do you have like an um, overall kind of rating? I'm going to give this wait out of ten. I'm not. No, no, no. no I mean, like dream nightmare. Please. The nightmare like thing. Oh my gosh! I don't want. Man. You can split it up in half if you want. Like first half, second yeah. half. I, okay, yeah, I'll say I'll say the first half was a dream. <laughs> like, like, wait, am I committing to it? And you know what? No, okay, it's a dream. I think you should watch the whole episode because um, you're watching this for entertainment, right? And yeah, it, of course. It, this is definitely a different review from the next episode, but yeah, I'll say it's a dream because for the most part, you got Boris Chestnut. He's the strongest actor there. He's in enough of the episode. I did enjoy the ending of it, and I did get some good laughs out of it. So I will rate this a dream. Okay, and you know what? I I would for similar reasons. Um, 
you know, as much as they do fuck up the representation that they're doing, it was nice mm-hmm. to not deal with a white family for two seconds. Right. Um, yeah, that's and, another plus, too, especially back in, what was it, 91? Uh, uh, 90. 90. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, th- this was, you know, before Boys in the Hood, before, like, there was that brief rush of black movies that then disappeared again. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so that was nice. Um, Morris Chestnut is a very talented actor. There, like a lot of the future celebrities that they got on this show do shine, and mm-hmm. he's at least in the top three of actors who appear <laughs> on this show. Which is not saying much, I guess, because he was still a little, little, you know, young. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, like Brad Pitt was on the show. Like, there are certain people. Oh, that are Brad known. Pitt! He was oh, just yeah. dumb because he did Tales from the Crypt too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Brad Pitt was on Tales from the Crypt. He was everywhere. Couldn't get he rid of was. him. <laughs> he um, was hustling, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. So, Migdalia, where can everybody mm-hmm. find you out there on the internet if they want to pursue your podcast, your your tweets, your writings? Woo, woo, woo. Um, yes, I am on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is Miggy Spicy. That's M-I-G-G-Y-S-P-I-C-Y. And then you can also call catch me on Instagram at the real Miggy Spicy. I'm also on Twitch, but I haven't twitched a lot lately. Uh, Twitch drama always like turns me off from streaming for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then you can also catch my podcast on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, and Spotify. Sounds like a plane. Yay. <laughs> um yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands and Instagram at The Burning Clem. Our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Rate and review us mm. wherever you get us. And next episode we're covering, um, the one that Migdalia has been dropping hints <laughs> about. Um, in this follow-up to the Prime Cut episode, a group of recovering cannibals have a relapse and make the unfortunate decision to eat an intruder who's been contaminated with an alien disease. Dun, dun, dun. Ooh. But until then, um, that's going to be on Friday. Um, you know, sweet dreams, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>